welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Holy Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. Colossians 1.27 says, God did this, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, God did this because He wanted you beloved, not Gentiles, beloved, to understand His wonderful and glorious mystery. Have you ever wanted to know a mystery of God? A mysterious thing? Not only do you get to know a mystery of God, but Paul said this is the mystery of God. And the mystery is that Christ lives in you, and He is. He's not going to be. He not was. He not one day in a sweet by and by. No, it's steak on the plate while you wait. He is your hope of sharing in God's glory. Not your glory, God's glory. God wants to share His glory with you. Yes, you, insecure, uh, feeling like you don't deserve it, terrible condemned person with your shame and your guilt. God actually wants to share His glory with you. Maybe you need to think about yourself the way God thinks about you. In Psalm 16.3, from the New Living Translation, it says, The godly people in the land are my true heroes. God wants us to be His heroes. He's already been our hero. He wants us to be what He is. We're supposed to be recreated in His image. That's the whole Genesis story. What was Adam and Eve? They weren't giraffe that looked different. They weren't human version of hippopotamus. They were made very, very specifically in the image and the likeness of God. God. When you were born again, you weren't just human 2.0. And I do, I say this in some other environments and they don't know how to take me. I know I can do this boldly here. But when two dogs have a baby, it's called a puppy. And a puppy is a dog. Just a small version. When two kitties have a baby, it's called a kitten. And that kitten is a cat. It's just a small version. So when God has a baby, when you're born again of the Spirit of God, then what are you? Okay, the eight of you that are bold enough to say something like that in church, God bless you. (laughs) You're not the God that made you. You're not a God ruling over the universe. You are offspring of God. You're the little version. But you're a God version. You're not a monkey that... Oh, I, I need to stop. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. God wants you to be a hero like He showed you how to be a hero. Through Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate forever example of heroism. And He wants you to be a virgin just like Him. We should be His disciples. We are supposed to be emulators, imitators of God as dear children. The most accepted and pervasive sin in the Americanized Christian today is a four-letter F word. Fear. Fear. It, it, it is a cuss word to me. Like it's the most terrible. And it's, it has filtered its way into normal conversation now. Well, I fear that this could happen if I don't. Don't you ever. You should literally believe that it is a four-letter F cuss word. And if you ever feel it, or if it wants to come out of your mouth, or if it wants to go into your heart, or if it wants to go into one of your relationships, 
or if it wants to go into your finances, or if it wants to go into your health, or if it wants to, wherever it wants to go, it is the most vile, detestable, disgusting, sick thing that you should ever come into contact with on this earth. Hate it. You should hate fear. You have not been given the spirit of fear, the attitude of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you want power in your life, if you want the love of God to be operating in your life, if you want a sound mind, you know what a sound mind is? You don't have COVID logic. You have God logic, which is the word logos, which is the word for word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the logic of God, and the and God was and Jesus was that logic. Jesus is the logic of God. If it doesn't make logic to Jesus, and these God bless them, preachers that go out there and say Jesus would wear a mask and Jesus would take a vaccine, if they ever say that in my presence I will rebuke them <laughs> with self-control. It is, it is sick. It is sick. Jesus is the logic of God. He never bowed his knee to any cultural, political, faux science garbage that was going on. He ruled and he reigned in every single situation at every moment over himself and anything that came into contact with him. And I want to break off and talk about the Garden of Gethsemane, but I'm not going to do it. That'll be for another day. Do not ever let that F word into your life. Under any, I don't care who's doing it. I don't care how many of them there are. Don't you ever let F into your life. Courageous people face and defeat personal fear. You can't ignore fear. I'm just not going to deal with that right now. No, it gets bigger in the dark. And you turn your back to it, and you don't shine the light of God that that resonates off of you as a child of God, you turn your back, it gets stronger in the dark. This is why people have to hide. This is why not many people would survive an hour meeting in my office. (laughs) There'd just be too much. Anyway. You, if you, if you think about it, one of the uh, realities that you have to at least acknowledge is that there's things that you know that are in your life that may not be right, that are probably derivatives of fear that you don't tell anybody about. Nobody knows about that stuff. You keep it hidden, got your little things, and it's just, you're the only one that knows about it, and I think you're kind of like, okay, like God knows, because He knows everything, but nobody else knows about this, or this feeling, or this thing that's going on in me. Anything you keep in the dark that's from hell can grow and get stronger. Courageous is turning and facing that. Nope, I don't care what I feel. I don't care if this thing kills me. I am going to face this thing and I'm going to take it on. And then you're going to win. I promise you. I promise you. A child of God defeats anything that it attacks. The only way the enemy can get you is to assassinate you from behind with lies, deception. Amen. The whole armor of God, when you put it on, I want you to think real quick through Ephesians 6. The helmet, the breastplate, the belt, you got the shin guards, you got the boots on, you got a, the belt has the sword on it, you got the hugest shield ever. If you've ever seen a Roman shield, it was almost as big as a man. You know what you are behind? Naked as a jaybird. <laughs> Butt cheeks for days, just flapping in the wind. Every time you turn your back on the enemy, He's going to stick your... It was... Right. He's going to stick you right in the fear. My wife didn't like that. 
But it's true. You've got nothing on your back. Amen. Every time you turn your back to whatever that thing is, you are wide open for destruction. This is, there's two important principles here. One is, don't ever turn your back on the enemy, on fear. And two is, make sure you're always with a church. Because even if you're like, get tired and you can't fight right now, you'll be with someone else. The Roman shields that they had in those days, they interlocked. And so even if you were weak, someone standing next to you was strong. This is one of the reasons, one, one of the reasons that it says, do not be unequally yoked. And people are unequally yoked. It's not just marriage. There's a lot of applications to unequal, unequal yokeness. If you have a, a great big strong bull that's yoked to a little weak bull, and they're both pulling, you know what you're going to end up doing? Anybody been going in circles in a long time in your life? Unequal yokeness. Courageous people face and defeat personal fear. And when you start getting good at defeating those things that come at you directly and start feeding, defeating personal fear, you become a courageous people, a person, and courageous people are the ones that heroes are a derivative of. You want to be a hero? Learn to be personally courageous. Be brave for yourself, then you can be brave for someone else. Heroes face and defeat the fear that's attacking others. I don't want to be just good at defeating fear. But I have to be good at defeating fear if I'm ever going to help you defeat your fear. Jesus won in the garden so he could be victorious at the cross. Jesus won in the temptation 40 days and 40 nights out in the wilderness after he was filled with the Holy Spirit so that he could walk up to the legion and tell 6,000 demons to lick his feet. And they begged him, begged him to not torture them. That's you, beloved. That's you. Satan should be begging you to not let you torture him. And how many Christians are begging Satan to not torture them? Oh boy. Man, I could preach on that. I ain't got time. Because you are here, you are more brave than the masses. You are already way farther than all those folks out there. Driving around, thinking about walking their dog. I won't say it again. All the things that they're doing. On their free Sunday day. This ain't the day of the Lord. This is the day of me. I got Sunday. Sunday's my day. I'm going to do my thing. Amen. Think about it. Society has on purpose made this like the least work day for the reason of taking the one thing that God said, don't do it, and make people do it. You got six days. And and I'm not a Sabbath preacher, but I'm I'm saying that if you sanctify this this time with the Lord and you know that you're going to be with your beloved family and you know you're going to have your heart open to God, you know that great things are going to happen and you sanctify that, that'll happen. And the reason those folks out there can't is because this is their day. This isn't the day the Lord has made. This is the day they made. They get to spend their paycheck today. They get to go do what they want to do today. Today's the hobby day. Today's the yard day. Today's the... And God said, just give me one. Well, I can't give... How about, how about I give you a little piece of it? How about an hour? How about I go to the seeker-sensitive church that's got the 55-minute thing, and I'm in and out, like drive through church. Will that suffice, God? Remember, God's a jealous God. He either gets all of you. You're more brave than the cowards that couldn't come to church. <laughs> this, is, this is why people don't like me. I say stuff like that. I just heard it. Like, There's a coward out there like, I don't like you. I don't really like you. <laughs> cowards hate themselves. So by default, they hate people that aren't cowards. 
cowards hate themselves. They, they literally hate themselves because they won't do it. They can't do it. They know they should. Just, not, just a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with someone, and they said, well, I, knew that I, I, I know that I shouldn't do this. And I said, then why do you? Well, because I want to. You know you shouldn't do it. You know God told you not to do it, and you do it. Yep. So you cannot do it, but you choose not to. Yep. Amen. Coward. That's a coward. Courageous people know what the right thing is and do it, no matter what it costs them. No matter what the consequences from society, from other people, no matter what they say about you on Facebook, you do the right thing. It has not been that long that we used to be a society that we just had a majority of people that did the right thing because it was the right thing to do. Well, what's my reward for doing the right thing? Nothing! You just do the right thing. It's not your job to worry about the reward. And by the way, you don't need to be Pavlov's dog and every time you do something right, you get a little treat. Oh, you did something right. Here you go. What a terrible way to live. Just do the right thing whether you ever get rewarded. What if you do the right thing and they put you in prison? What if you're like Peter and you do the right thing and they crucify you upside down? If it's all about the rewards, well, I'm only going to do the thing if I get something good out of it. This is what Pastor Craig was just talking about. If you're only going to give to get a hundredfold return, you're never going to get a hundredfold return. Because your heart, the authentic part of your faith, is not engaged. You're trying to turn God into some prostitute for you. It don't work that way. Do the right thing because it's the right thing. And if everybody hates you for it, God loves you. He's so proud of you. We're literally living in that society where if you do the actual right thing, they will hate you. They despise you. They're vile with you for doing the right thing. Do it anyway. Heroes believe in their ability to affect change. No matter how small, they believe in their ability to affect change. You can change you. You can't change me. You might have some influence on me, but you can't change me. But you can change you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just you by yourself. The self-help garbage that the world preaches is terrible. You, self, got you into the mess that you're in. Self ain't going to get you out. The Holy Spirit working with you. When you work together, Stacy was talking about Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, which is two verses before 28, the famous one, it says that when the Holy Spirit and you are working together in intercession, then two verses later, God is able to work all things together for good that those that love Him are called according to His purpose. And so if you're not working in conjunction with the Holy Spirit in unison, then you aren't going to have things working together for your good no matter how hard you work it. Fear is believing you will fail. So you do nothing. Doing nothing is failing. Just so you know. It's just the cowardly version of failing. You'd be better off trying and failing and learning what doesn't work than never trying and failing. Because you never tried. Heroes live in confidence. And it irritates the fire out of the world. I I have picked up on this so often that people have been literally angry at me because I'm confident. I'm not confident in Steve. Steve is a total loser jerk. Uh, For real. I know the old version of Steve that Jesus had to kill. There was no fixing old Steve. There was no prettying him up. You couldn't put enough makeup on him. You, there was no like reinvent. You couldn't million dollar man him. There was no way of fixing Steve. The only thing Jesus could do with old Steve was to kill that sucker dead as a doornail hanging on a cross until he stank and then resurrect him in Christ's image. 
That was the only thing that could happen good for Steve. So I don't have any confidence. I don't have self-confidence. I have Christ confidence. I have confidence in the one that's in me, and I have confidence when he told me to do something. Steve, go, go start a school? Yes, sir. No problem. Sue Pritzker? Amen. Didn't like him anyway. All right, shouldn't have said that. Scratch. I love him with the love of the Lord. Heroes live in confidence. Cowards cower in insecurity. You know, insecurity is a person who doesn't have security. If you're insecure, you don't have security. If you don't have security, you have to believe you don't have God. If you have God, why would you be insecure? If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen? Are those just cutesy verses that we like to sing, or are they for real? So the people in this room, and you're out there, and you know it, that are insecure. Why? And I'm not answering your question. I'm just saying, ask yourself, why? Why am I insecure? Why do I not have security? Well, I'm around these people, and these people do this. And? You know what they did to Jesus? Was he insecure? Well, I don't want to cause any problems because they might kill me. Oh, that's right. I came to die anyway. He was totally secure. The, the verse that, that Craig said, the, uh, uh, John 6, 29. Man, it's one of my, it's one of my favorites. What, what, what do we need to do to do the works of God? And you know that they were talking like, how do we raise the dead and, and, and cleanse the lepers and, and blind eyes and deaf ears and cast out demons? How do we do all this great stuff? And then Jesus gives them the answer they didn't want to hear. Believe in God. Well, no, I mean, besides that, how do we do the... Believe in God. Jesus didn't give them like the trick answer. He wasn't faking it. This is what Jesus did. To raise the dead. He believed in God. He was confident in who was in him. He was not insecure. Well, I hope God shows up this time. I don't know. He did last time, but I don't know if he'll show up this time. Faithful. Jesus had a covenant with his Father. Bravery is a muscle in everyone's character that must be exercised. You've got to be purposeful about being brave. It does not come natural, y'all. Bravery does not come natural. You've got to be purpose about pushing against and exercising the muscle of bravery. Brave people choose to be brave. Cowards choose to be cowards. Lastly, heroes fight for what they love. Man, I want you to think about every single hero, show, or movie, or whatever, what are they fighting for? Someone they love. Why? Because we connect with that in our human state. We connect with the fact that Clark Kent is going to, or Superman is going to fly halfway around the globe at the speed of light to save Lois Lane who fell off a building. Why? Because he loves her. You understanding that this is the story of the gospel, that God loves us. And he was willing to send his son to a torturous death because he loves us. How shall he who freely gave us all things, who who saved us, not also freely give us all things? If Jesus was willing to die for you, you think he doesn't care about your health? Your finances, your marriage, your children. You believe he is willing to die for you for your sins to get you in a relationship with him, but then let you be tortured by some sickness? By poverty? By depression? Well, I love you enough to save you, but I don't love you enough to get you out of depression. Thanks for saving me, God. If he was willing to do the big thing, he's obviously willing to do the little thing. 
Healing you is nothing. Dying for you? Now that's gospel. If you're willing to believe that he would die for you because of how much he loved you, it's a lesser thing to believe that he would heal you. It's a lesser thing to believe that he would financially prosper you. It's a lesser thing to think that he would give you answers to the problems of your life. That's lesser. This is why a lot of people truly, truly are not drilled into the gospel. That God loves them so much that he gave his only begotten son. And anybody that believes in him will never, ever perish. But have the quality and the quantity of life that God himself has. Heroes fight for what they believe in. Heroes fight for what they love. 1 Peter 2.25 in the Living Translation says, Once you were like sheep who wandered away. (laughs) You know the difference between sheep and goats? Sheep go, Amen. Goats go, But, 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 but. This is how I know whether someone's a sheep or a goat in the congregation. Well, but, 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 pastor. Sheep go, amen, and wander off. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) It's okay. God gave sheep hard heads. You ever see them? They like, okay, that's funnier in my head. Once you were like sheep who wandered away. Now, this is once. You don't get to say, well, I'm just like an old sheep that just wandered. No, once you were. Once you were. Now. I love the butts in the Bible. They're so beautiful. But now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your soul. Guardian. And I want you to picture that guardian, Jesus the guardian. We see Jesus sitting on the on a rock, petting a sheep in the back of the kids' church. But I want you to see guardian Jesus. The hero guardian. The one that, just with a little speck of added power, made five-foot David slaughter the ten-foot warrior Goliath. The Jesus, with just a with just the Spirit of God, gets shaken out of a, shaken out of a, a dead sleep and gets up and takes authority over a storm. And an entire storm system bows their knee to the King of the universe. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth! And it's so much power that it pierces through a cave and it goes to a guy who's still wrapped in glaive clothes and hops out. And they say, loose him and let him go. This is Jesus, the guardian. The one, when they came to arrest him with 300, somewhere between three and 600 soldiers, when they came to arrest him with torches and, and swords and guards and like an army showed up to come pick him up. He's like, you know, I taught every day in the temple. And you come out here to the garden in the middle of the night to arrest me? Typical tyranny, y'all. Typical tyranny. And they come and they say, we're here for Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am. Just releasing I am makes 300 people fall on their tushies. The power of Jesus just saying I am. And they get back up. And the funny thing is, uh, we're here for Jesus. <laughs> What's he going to say? They can do this all day. He had to allow them to do that. Just like we have to allow the enemy to do stuff in our lives. The guardian of your soul. The one living on the inside of you, that superhero on the inside of you, wants to guard your soul. From anything that's coming against it. Matthew chapter 11. This is Jesus speaking. For this is he of whom it is written. Behold I send my messenger before thy face. Which shall prepare thy way before thee. He's talking about obviously John the Baptist. 
Every Jesus needs a John. Paul would plant Apollos watered. I honestly believe that one of my roles in life is to be a John the Baptist, and it's to plow hard dirt. I have felt like for 10 years I've been plowing concrete. I got the Lutherans after me, I got the Methodists after me, I got the Catholics after me, now I got the government folks after me. It's just, it's plowing concrete. But the thing is, somebody's putting seed in there. And God's going to bring the increase. I'm okay with plowing concrete. God gave me a tough plow. I'll keep plowing concrete. I used to whine about it. Like, Lord, it feels like I'm plowing concrete. And God was gracious, like, oh, shut up. Well, he didn't. Okay, he talks to me different than you. I'll just say that. Shut thy mouth. It's better in the King James. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, how many people is that? (laughs) I will say this. I I used to say, like, Jesus was kind of like, being comical, but this is not one of the moments that he was being comical. He was actually deviating the difference between human birth and your supernatural born-again birth. When you're born again, you're not born of a woman. You're born of the Spirit of God. My mom's only my mom in the natural. She's not my mom in the Spirit. I have no mom in the Spirit. I have a father, and I'm one generation from him. There's no grandkids there's no stepkids. There's no. It is. I am a son of God. So are you. No, I'm a daughter. No, you're a son. Heis in the Greek, H-E-I-S, is not a gender term. It's an identity term. It's an inheritance term. It's, it's a son that gets the inheritance. You are a son, not grandson, not great-grandson, son of God. Among them born of women, there is not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. If you're born of the Spirit, you're greater than John the Baptist born of a woman. Anybody? Well, John the Baptist did some awesome stuff. I don't do awesome stuff. Your choice. Everyone in this room that's born again, greater than John the Baptist. You know what killed John the Baptist? Most people don't know this. Because he fought the government over the biblical definition of sexuality. John the Baptist was beheaded because he fought the government over the biblical definition of sexuality. And some of you in this room, you won't even argue with your children over the biblical definition of sexuality. John got beheaded because he argued with the government. All right, I have to move on. Eleven, twelve. from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. One of the reasons that you're suffering of the violence of the enemy is because you are not more violent than the enemy. Amen. In the Amplified Bible, it says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault. The devil's not okay with you. He doesn't just, you don't just get born again. The devil goes, ah, shoot, lost another one. Guess I'll go over here and pick on the poor little people that aren't born again. No! He doesn't say, uh, you know, that's it, time's out, King's X, now I can't touch you. No, he's like, oh, they got the kingdom. Dang it. Another one. All right, so if we go and afflict them and give them some disease and make them poor and make them oppressed, they won't release any of that kingdom on anybody. Yeah, that's right, boss. All right, go sick them. And then you get you all mucked up in life with all the pains and the miseries of humanity, and you don't release a single drop of kingdom into your world. And the devil says, well, that's fine. I lost them. In the end, they're going to go up and set it down, but they ain't going to do nothing on this earth that I rule. I'm the God of this planet. Show them Christians. 
And they're just like, okay, I guess I have to be depressed. I'm only human. Well, everybody's got to get a headache. Everybody's got to be sick, right? It's flu season. You know, when you get older, you got to get a little hitch in your get-up. Right? Your brain brain fog, right? Now we got COVID brain fog. Or long COVID. I just heard about this one this week. There's long COVID. You, you don't just get, get COVID anymore. Now you get long COVID. We can't have long guns, but we can have long COVID. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. And violent men seize it by force. As a precious prize. When you see the kingdom as the prize of the preciousness of what it really is, you will violently desire that. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am going to take the kingdom truths that belong to me. I'm going to live in divine health. I'm tired of being broke. I'm going to push into prosperity. I'm tired of all these problems in my life that are affected by fear. I'm going to be a brave person that's courageous. I'm no longer accepting fear. I'm not just going to lie down while the government and other people in my life are just going to treat me like a doormat. I am going to rise up. I'm going to rule. I'm going to reign. I'm going to be the head and not the tail. I'm going to be above and not beneath. And violent men seize it by force. By force. When's the last time you went into your prayer closet in force? Instead of as a beggar. When's the last time you looked at some terrible situation in your life and you're like, oh, I guess I just have to put up with this. Show me that verse. Put up with it. Rule. Reign. Be violent about the things that you prize. I doubled... I pity the fool who would think for one second to come and harm my wife or my family. One second. Even if it was non-intentional or accident, you come after something I love. I watched the video of the shooting in the church in Texas. And this is the first time I'd ever seen it. And I wasn't just like bored watching videos. But something else came up and they were, they were using it as a, I study. I'm a voracious learner. You've heard me say that. And so I was studying something else and they were using this video as a, and for the first time I noticed something because they actually had the whole video instead of just the cued in part where they had the guy with the shotgun and the shooter and the protector, the church security guard. And I seen the whole, and I looked at all the different people in the congregation. And obviously when the, when the first blast of it went off, everybody hit the floor and they were hiding. And, and I was looking at all these different people and I seen a couple of guys like cover their wives. And I seen a couple, and I seen a couple of moms get their kids. I hate to say this because I, I know that it's kind of a famous, and I'm not in any way making any implications, but I seen the pastor hit the floor and crawl off the opposite way. It broke my heart. It broke my heart. Somebody came through that door over my dead body. Over my dead body. And I got news for you. It's, I'm hard to kill. The one on the inside of me has never died and stayed dead. I'm hard to kill. And if somebody came through there with evil intentions, I don't know what they're going to have to have, but it's going to have to be bigger than a pistol. And if they came after my wife or my kid, I don't care how big you are. I don't care what you've been trained in. I will bite. I'll kick. I'll hit the stuff that you're not supposed to hit. I'll take rocks. I'll, I don't care. You think I'm going to fight fair defending my family? It, it, it's, they are precious. You are precious to me. Precious. And I can tell you, I don't love Kay with one millionth the love that Jesus has for her. And I don't love y'all with one millionth the love that Jesus has for you. And you wonder about God's faithfulness. It is time for us to be violent and protect the things that are valuable. 
The Berean Study Bible says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subject to violence. And the violent lay claim to it. This belongs to you. It's your inheritance to have the kingdom. The Passion says, From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. And passionate people have taken hold of its power. This is why the passion, this is why the all-in, this is why the ones that are just like wheels off, hair on fire for Jesus, is like they're the ones that see the stuff. They see the miracles. They see, they see God coming through for them at the last moment. They see the angelic rescues. They see all that great stuff and you're like, I wish something like that would happen to me. Be passionate. Be violent about what belongs to you. And those things will happen. God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't do special stuff for the preachers and then everybody else gets the leftovers. In, back in the, in the King James, it says, The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, which I know that's a King Jamesy term. In the Greek, it's biatso, which properly to use power to forcibly seize, lay hold on something with positive aggressiveness. Positive aggressiveness. Man, man, I just love, I want to say that. Positive aggressiveness. That'll be the name of our sports team at the Ark. They're the positive aggressives. I know. I, I heard it come out too. Positive, positive aggressiveness. To advance forcefully. This is like, hey soldiers, take that hill. Well, guess so, if you say so. You know, like now or... Okay, we'll go take the... No, it's take the hill. Let's go. First one there. That's alive. Here, it says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. That's biatso. And the violent is biastis, which is... Positive assertiveness. Use of the believer living in faith. Positive assertiveness. God's inworked persuasions. Guiding and empowering them to act forcefully. This is where the term fired up came from. (laughs) And then the last one. The violent take it by force. That word force is harpazo. Properly seized by force. Snatch up. Suddenly and decisively. Like someone seizing a bounty, a spoil or a prize to take by an open display of force. Not covertly. Not, not to sneak up and get something. Ha ha, devil, I got it. No, it's to walk right in his face, punch him in his ugly jaws and take what belongs to you. That's my health. Jesus, by His stripes, paid for that. Now give it back. Belongs to me. He can only steal what belongs to you. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. You can't kill something that's not alive. You can't destroy something that's not built. And you can't steal something that doesn't belong to someone else. Luke 16.16 is the sister verse. In the Brian Study Bible, it says, The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the gospel of the kingdom of God is being preached. And everyone is forcing his way into it. If you're not forcing your way into the kingdom realities that belong to you, you ain't getting them. You don't lay on your bed and these things just fall on you. Oh, I just, I just love sister so-and-so. She's just the sweetest thing ever. And so since I'm God and she's sweet, I'm just going to dole out a bunch of nice stuff for... No! It comes to the people that take it. By force. It's a kingdom. Kingdoms fight for kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness is fighting for the people. The kingdom of light is fighting for the people. There's this, there's this fight that incessantly is going on. Which side are you going to be on? If you're in the middle just watching the fight, you are cannon fodder. Cannon fodder. And, and a lot of believers in today's world are cannon fodder. They're just Stuff just happens to them. I'm just a victim. I don't know what happened. This is over here and this is happening over here. And I'm just getting destroyed here in the middle. Stop it! Join one of the, join one of the sides and be a soldier. Either go all in for the devil 
And I mean that. Jesus said, be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm going to puke you out. Be hot or cold. Join the devil. If you're going to be halfway in, just go all in. Join the devil. Take the oath, whatever they do, and get it. Or go all in for God. No, you're not going to do that in society anymore. No, you're not going to do that to my body. No, you're not going to do that to my finances. No, you're not going to do that to my children. In the Amplified... Actually, let me just skip to the Passion. The law of Moses and the revelation of the prophets have prepared you for the arrival of the kingdom realm announced by John. And now, when this wonderful news of God's realm is preached, people's hearts burn with extreme passion to press in and receive it. If your heart doesn't burn for the things that Jesus died for, then you need a new revelation. If you can sit there Knowing what Jesus died for, blood died, was tortured for. And you can just say, well, I don't need none of that healing stuff. Thanks for dying for that, Lord. But I I got aspirin. Your heart should burn with passion for the things that Jesus purchased for us. The greater the treasure, the greater the guardian that's empowered to defend it. The greater the treasure, the greater the guardian that's empowered to protect it. Do you put Barney Fife in charge of Fort Knox? Why? I want you to, I want you to think about it. Things that are highly prized have the most guardians and the strongest and the most well-trained. You're going to catch on in a second. Congress is guarded by a massive fence. The FBI, the National Guard, Secret Service officers, and the Capitol Police. Congress. Our children are protected by a gun-free zone sticker. And a pink-haired teacher who doesn't know what bathroom to go into. And I know you think I'm being funny. That is for real. They take all of our children, defenseless, powerless children, they put them in one building, and they protect them with a sticker. But yet Congress... I. I will bet there isn't a single one of you that could go to Washington, D.C. and figure out a way to personally come into contact with one of our representatives. Why are our children literally strung out to die and our representatives, who are supposed to be the servants of the people, are defended by the strongest military in the world? It's because what they prize, they guard, which is themselves. They don't prize our children. At the ark, we're going to prize them. We're going to defend them. Schools have targeted our children. Create a place where all the children are trapped in one location. Make it a gun-free zone so that no one can protect them. And then send in a weaponized soldier, somebody who's schizophrenic, somebody who has mental problems, somebody who's been trained by, I don't know, the CIA. Then blame the guns so that you can disarm the populace and turn the whole nation into a gun-free zone so they can do at their will with the American populace, that they do not value. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The government has weaponized our laws. Stay down, get in your, get in your basement, put on your mask, stay six feet apart. Why? Because you can't guard and defend each other when you literally think that your neighbor is the one carrying the death germ, the jet death virus. We're supposed to love our neighbor, 
And we spent two years like, no, you can have the virus. Stay away, you wicked, wicked, oh, neighbor that I'm supposed to love. The Bible says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Uh, and I know people are like, well, I mean, that was then and that's in the Bible. Is it in the Bible? Are you supposed to kiss one another when you greet each other? Well, it's not sanitary anymore. If God only knew that, if God only knew that things would change, He wouldn't have put it in the Bible twice. Dr. Fauci told everybody, this whole thing, just say his name and... (laughs) He told everyone that this whole thing was shaking hands. Why is this even a custom in humanity? Why do we have this custom which shows his deep ignorance because handshakes comes from covenant. Covenant was where you cut your hand and the blood flowed and someone else cut their hand and the blood flowed and you put your hands together in covenant. Handshake came from covenant. So Dr. Fauci, where's this handshake thing come? It's the stupidest thing that we can do. We're just passing germs back and forth to one another just because we greet one another. And then he took, they got a, he got a bunch of flack for it because he said, hey, no more this, this contact with humanity. And so the next day they asked him about it, like, hey, you said this hand. He's like, yeah, I still stand by that. I still think it's stupid. And they said, well, what about casual sex? No, that's okay. He said it. You can go look up the recording. Casual sex is fine. In a hazmat suit? How, how do you, how is handshaking dangerous? This is, this is the logic of the world. This is how they do it. And people believed them. Okay, so shaking hands, I could die from the virus, but casual sex, totally okay. That's how we got monkeypox. The news media has weaponized the information. They told you that Hunter's laptop was a lie. Russian collusion. That, you know, that's how he got in there. The elections are the most secure elections that have ever happened in humanity. <laughs> Note YouTube. I didn't say anything. Hollywood, big tech. They've weaponized your glowing screens. And you're addicted to them. Pumping garbage into our hearts all day, all night. Putting visions in your head that should never be there. Putting words in your ears that should never be there. And we pay them to do it. Netflix, Disney, cable programming, which is just porn. Gaming, teaching us how to murder and do it for points. It's quiet in here. They've been doing good at this. They violently came after our society. And you know what the Christians did? Well, you know, honey, I guess you can play that video game, but only for an hour. They're violent coming after your children. The globalists have weaponized the food supply, the economy, and energy. I I just can't believe we're paying $5 for gas. You can't believe it, huh? You didn't think that they wanted to do this for a long time. You think that just accidentally 2,000 different food processing plants have caught on fire or had planes crash into them? Accidentally? I don't think 2,000 houses have had planes crash into them. And food plants? People. (laughs) Inflation. You think when they were printing off all this money, like we're just talking about this, like everything I'm talking about, Craig already, they're printing off money faster than we can breathe. And then they're saying, well, the inflation's from Putin. Putin is not printing our money. We are printing our money. Inflation is from printing money, Period. The church has mostly decided to lay low and roll with the punches. But she's getting a bit fed up. Anybody? Be on your guard. I'm just going to read these verses and then we're done. Second Peter three seventeen and 18. Just mark these in your heart and listen to this language about the guardianship that we are supposed to have. Not only over our own lives but as Jesus the guardian who lives on the inside of you. 
2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. This is from the BSB. Therefore, beloved, since you already know these things, be on your guard, guardians, so that you will not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure standing. Fall from your secure standing. You know what secure is? The opposite of insecure. In order to be insecure, you have to fall from secure. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. These are the last words that Peter ever wrote. The last words that Peter ever wrote was, Be on your guard. Be a guardian. <clears throat> Ephesians six ten through 13 in the Passion. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved thee, I have saved these most important truths for last. Last words. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. The accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things. And will rise victorious. It's your destiny. And I'm going to end with this. Psalms 121. I raise my eyes. I lift my eyes. Unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. The God that made heaven and earth is the God that you're looking at. I want you to get why the psalmist is saying this. Look to Him. Who's Him? He made heaven and earth. He's not some sissy sitting up there wondering what the enemy's going to do next. Oh Lord, uh, are we going to be able to get past this one, Father? I don't know, Jesus. Like the devil's really strong. He made the heaven and the earth. Where's your help come from? Heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keeps thee will not slumber. In the New American Bible Revised Edition. Listen to this. New American Bible Revised Edition. He will not allow your foot to slip or your guardian to sleep. Behold! The guardian of Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord is your guardian. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Who's guarding you? God! And who do you guard? Wherever God tells you to go. Guard your family. Guard these children. Guard your society. Guard the kingdom of God. Be violent about the things that belong to you. Go after the enemy. Don't wait for him to come to you. It is done, we are done playing defense. It is time for us to seize what belongs to the church and to bring it back into submission to the will of our God. Please rise. I'd like to bless you. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved.
Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health, prospering your body. And all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.